talk about various other brachas. What we're going to talk about tonight, Be'ez Hashem, is the bracha of a mighty. So, the two parts here. Number one is to talk about what the gedorim of making the bracha are, where it, what food it applies to. And then the second one, which is a special simon in Shulchan Aruch, there's a special hisyachsus, like attention paid to how a person is meant to make the bracha of a mighty. Which we don't find the same, the same detail, attention to detail in other brachas. Okay, so let's start with the first thing. First, we'll talk about what are the factors that one needs um, in order to be able to make a moiti, and we'll see what's brought down in Malacha, and we'll come across all the very exciting machlokes um, in the more recent post scheme, how things fit into these categories. So we have three rules in the Rishonim for when a person has to make a moiti. It needs to fulfill all three rules in order to be high moiti. The first one is it has to be a flower which comes from one of the five grains, which we said before, really there's two grains, there's wheat and there's barley, but the other three are subcategories or some somewhere in the same species, so to speak, a subspecies of wheat is spelt and the rind and oats are a subspecies of barley. So if the flower is made out of one of these five grains, or at least is primarily made of one of these five grains, then the bracha is going to be a moitzi. Other flowers, or other things which can be ground into flour, even if the consistency is similar to bread, there's not going to be a moitzi. So therefore, rice flour or corn flour, um, or what's become more popular recently, is to use potato flour, and uh, to make like bread out of potato flour. So it's a question of Pesach also. So things like that are not a moitzi. They might look like bread, they might even use flavor enhancers uh, to make them taste like bread, it doesn't make a difference. They're not bread. And yet, since they're not bread, since uh, they're not bread, the halacha is that you don't make a hamotzi on them. Right. Now, the only thing that's the ikadin, if there would be a mixture of different flowers, uh, such as the missionary talks about, bread, which is made of a mixture of wheat flour and rice flour, so we go by what the majority is, if it's nikah, very much the flour, the wheat flour, then it would be hamotzi. The what's become popular in Eretz Yisrael for diet reasons is something they call lechem pishtan, which is basically made out of flaxseed. And bread made out of flaxseed might look like they've baked it into a loaf which looks like bread, but lemaisa is not one of the five grains, and therefore one doesn't make a mozi on it. Um, the only thing one has to when there's a mixture of wheat and something else. Right now, the only thing one has to be aware of is that these are, very often the names given to bread is misleading. Um, I spoke to a postdoc in America who told me that most of the cornbread that is sold in America is best wheat flour. They add a handful of corn flour to give it a different taste or a different like, density, but the mice is wheat flour. It's not pure corn flour. And I know that uh, that's okay, it's the same, even if it doesn't make a difference in halacha, but just to, to bolster the, the theory or the point, what's sold today in most parts of the world is rye bread is not rye flour, it's wheat flour. They've added a bit of a few rye, rye kernels in order to give it a distinctive flavor of rye, but it's not 100% rye. It's mostly wheat. And therefore, bread like that, which is mostly wheat, will still be a moitzi. We're talking about the bread made out of a different flour, which isn't a moitzi, is only when the bread is made out, made out of a different flour. But even the rye is a Right, so that's what I said. I wouldn't make enough in that case. I'm just showing that what they call a certain mm-hmm. kind of bread isn't necessarily made only out of an ingredient. It's just been added as a flavor. Okay, so that's our first rule for moiti. It has to be made out of one of the five kinds of grain. Right. Our second rule for moiti is it has to be a dough mixture 
which is we call it blilava. It's like a dough, a thick dough, which is a mixture of flour and water, or another liquid which makes that same thick kind of consistency. Whereas something which has a very, like, like, like a, 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 so to speak, a watery consistency, like a cake batter or something like that. So the Gemara calls Teresa, it's like you mix it with so much water that it's like it pours. Something like that isn't the consistency of bread, and therefore there also there wouldn't be, there might be other dinim involved, but it wouldn't be considered lechem for the purposes of rach. Right. So it needs a, a thick dough or a, a, a bread-like dough, let's say. Right. Our third category, our third rule for hamotzi, and uh, this is one where there's the more interesting halachic discussions, and that is it has to be baked. It has to be baked. In other words, even if you have the same consistency of dough, but it's not baked, it's not clearly, it's not clear that it's bread. Now, therefore, uh, that's the machlekes. It's the machlekes between Ravenatam and the Rash. If you have a thick, like bread dough, but you don't bake it, you do something else with it, is a chayef amotzi or not? The Shulchan Aruch, very rare, in one very rare instance, says, I don't know who to pass on that. And therefore, your Shemaim should only eat such things in the meal. Because on the one hand, there's a shita which holds that once it's got the dough of a bread dough, it becomes a moitzi. The other shita holds that it goes by when it's baked. It has to be baked to be a moitzi. If it was cooked or prepared in any other way besides the baking, it's not bread. It's not a moitzi. Like I said, even the Shulchan Aruch uh, leaves this as an unresolved argument which a person should be careful about. The Ramah does resolve the argument. The Ramah says, Aminag is pashas, and if it's not baked, it's not bread. And therefore, you don't make a moitzi on it. Right. The obvious, the obvious case which is spoken about, which is what I was talking about, and where this is the most practical for us, is badonat, because that's exactly what a donut is. A donut is a regular bread dough, and the only difference between it and the challah rolls that they bake in the bakery is the ones being baked and the ones being deep fried. But besides, for just the method that it's been cooked, the consistency of the dough is exactly the same. And that's the okay. case. According to the according to the is going to get together of a suffix. And the Yerushimayim should be therefore only eat it in a Hamoitzi meal. But according to the Ramah, we paskin that if it's not baked, it's not bread. And if that's the case, in Ashkenazim, we can happily say, Zainus and Donuts. Right. Now, the other question which comes up is what about something which has been through two different cooking processes? Right. What the Gemara talks about? Something which was first boiled and then baked. And if that's the case, do we say that its status goes by? The fact that it was boiled, or that goes by the fact that it was baked. So the feed of the chaver doesn't really make any difference because in this way, either answer will be a suffix, but at least this way, if, it, if it's considered baked, then it'll be a vade. According to the Ramad, it makes a very big difference because if it's called boiled, then it's mazonis, it's not hamaiti, it's not bread, and if it's called baked, then it is bread. Okay, so now, you know, before we answer the question and give examples, let's first see what the Torah defines as boiled or baked. Right? Why? Because we would think of baked as using an oven and boiled as using a pot. But the halachic gather, uh, the halachic definition of baking doesn't necessarily mean an oven. The halachic gather of baking means cooked through dry heat, as opposed to cooking, which means cooked through wet heat. And therefore, if you put something in water or in deep frying in oil, whatever it's going to be, it's cooked through wet heat, that's called bishul. If you cook something with dry heat, it's going to be called baking, even if it's not in an oven. And I could, uh, what they used to have in Israel, what they can still get if you look hard enough, they used to call the sirapele, which is a way to bake bread over a fire. It, uh, I'm sure they haven't seen it in maybe old stores, but basically at the beginning in Israel, when they didn't have ovens, 
they used to use they used to cook on gas and kerosene. So how do you bake bread like that? That bread needs a steady temperature from all four sides, as opposed to just fire from underneath, which is the might of an oven that gives you a controlled over surrounding temperature. So they invented something called the serapella, which is basically it's like a, a metal, should we say sphere, like a round sphere, and underneath it it has like a metal base which is like a second, there's like a gap between the bottom of the base and this metal like circle, circular pot. And what they used to do is they used to put dough in the circular pot covered with the lid, so it's like inside the spherical pot, and they used to put it on a fire. And the way it worked is that because there was a gap between the base of the pot and the base of the sphere, so the fire wouldn't directly reach the pot, which would burn the bottom, which would heat up the metal. So the whole metal sphere would now heat up at a uniform temperature, it was all heated by the fire. And then you get a surrounding heat, which would produce bread. Okay, so bread like that, that's for sure called baked. Even if it's not in an oven, but the matter is it's been cooked in dry heat, so that's called baking. Same thing if I, if I cook something in a pot without water, it would also be called baking. And this is a Gemara. The Gemara talks about the Menachas, it could be Madbik the Tanur, Madbik with Ilfas, I'm sorry, if you'd stick it to the side of a pot, dry, and it would break, cook like that, that would be called bread as well. So the best, uh, a good example of this today is uh, what the Arabs make like the cell called laffa. It's a kind of a, a dough which is basically made on a on a circular frying pan. Mm-hmm. Right? And it, it's not in the oven, it's put they just like like some like kind of rub it over this frying pan and because it's thin it cooks very quickly. But the mice is dry. It's using a dry surface. So it's called bread. It's called a moisty. So the halacha of uh, of a fear of cooking is that it's cooked dry. As opposed to something which is cooked wet, which is considered visual. Okay, so now if that's the case what would be the din if we have first the one, then the other? It's first boiled, which means it uses water, and then afterwards it's cooked, or the other way around. It's first cooked dry and then cooked wet. So let's give an example. The best example, the most commonly used example, some which is first boiled and then baked, is a bagel. That bagels aren't just baked, they're first boiled and then they're baked. So is a bagel hamotzi or not? So we all know that you say hamotzi in a bagel, and the reason is, is because when you have two cooking processes, you go by the second one. You go by the second one. And therefore, since in this case, the second process is the baking, so now it's called baked. Now, what's important to know is that a cooking process has to cause, the Moshe Feinstein's children, has to cause significant change. A cooking process has to cause significant change. Something which is a, a cooking process which is just used to heat something up or keep it the same way it was before isn't considered significant enough to change it. And therefore, those bakeries that they deep fry their donuts, but then they want them to taste fresh and hot for the customers. They put them in the oven to heat them up again. It's not going to change that up. The donuts don't become amoitsi like that. Because when you put a donut in the oven, it doesn't change the taste or the texture of the donut. It remains the same as it was before. You're just making it warm. Right? But in a, a bagel, when it comes out the boiling water, is like soft and, and mushy still. When you put it in the oven, it develops a crust. It turns into bread. And therefore, the, the, the dry heat caused a significant change to the texture of the bagel, and that's okay, that's how it's Okay, so those are the lachas which are clear, those are the lachas which are straightforward. Now we come to the famous lachlokas um, of Yashami Kugel. So first let's talk about uh, how they make Yashami Kugel, and then we'll talk about the halachic lachlokas in Yashami Kugel. The way they make Yashami Kugel is very simple. They take a tremendously big quantity of, of noodles, of some kind of like thin, or you know, I say thick, thick as spaghetti kind of noodles, they boil them, and then after they boiled, they compressed them into a very big pot with a lot of uh, sugar and oil, and they put it over a low heat in the pot. It's compressed, it's like they packed down 
uh, and it's, in, it's like, kept in this pot for I think it's 36 hours. I think it takes to cook it. But I heat they cook it for a long, long time until basically the sugar caramelizes and uh, that u- it uses the, as the agent which sticks the all the lotion of the lotion cooker together to one cohesive unit. Okay. Now that Rachel is, what Rachel is this? What Rachel is this? So we all know, and there's no machlokes in the world that any kinds of noodles or pasta or spaghetti or anything like that is always going to be mezainous, because even if it's a thick dough, which or flour and water dough, which is made, which they made it out of, and it's thick, but it's boiled, and if it's boiled, then it's never going to be a mochi. Okay, so that's the normal case. But over here, the question is, after it's been boiled, and I now put it into a pot, and I and I heat it up for many many hours in this pot, which is really dry. There's no liquid there. This was just the oil and sugar, which uh, makes it caramelized. But is that called now I've baked it? And if I've now baked it, does it now become a moiti? Right, because uh, why is it different in theory? So the idea of a bagel, which I first boiled and then baked, and now that there's a significant change between the boiling and the baking. And if that's the case, why isn't it then, just like a bagel is a so why isn't your shalami bagel also a Now, let's explain something. Um, no one's going to make a on your shalami bagel by itself. Because there's another kind of principle, in, even within the category of bread, and that is bread, which is the category of not pasarogil, but pasarobokisnin, is still going to be mezainus. We're going to talk about that next week. That's a very famous discussion of what's called pasarobokisnin. So it's called pas, it's called bread, but since it's bobokisnin, it's not regular bread, it's not going to make mezainus. So no one's going to argue about the fact that if a person wants to eat a slice of Yushami Kugel, they're going to make mezainus. It's no different to something which is baked as bread, which has cinnamon, which has apples, or anything else inside, uh, which is going to change it into pasta baba kisne. Where's the where's nafkumina? From a completely different point. Nafkumina is: Do you have to take khala? Do you have to take khala? Because the halach is khala is a din in bread. Khala is not a din in, in, in flour. And therefore, if you would, if you even if you make a very big uh, wheat and water mixture. A dough, but you're going to then cut it up into strips and, and boil it as pasta of some sort. You're not going to take chal on that. But if you've if you've now turned it into something which is a bread dough, or you made it into bread, then it's chayiv in chal. And if that's the case, the question is: Is yeshanu chukul chayiv in chal? Because it's way more than the shear of two kilos, whatever it is, of flour that you need to make a take chal with a bracha. And uh, but is it is it chayiv chal? So if you're going to say no, this is just it's boiled, so it's it's uh, it's mezainus. The fact that I, I, I heated it up, so to speak, in a pot, doesn't call, isn't that now it's not called baked, it's just called boiled, uh, which has been dried out, and then, then, then it will still be mezainous. If you're going to say that this is now called baked, then it's not different to anything else which I boiled and then I baked, and now it's called bread, and if that's the case, it's only that Okay, so that's what Rabbi Yashav held. Rabbi Yashav held that the Yishami Kugel is considered uh, baked, and if that's the case, it's got the tzara, it's got the halacha of lechem, and if the nafkumina would be, you have to take chala from it. Which uh, is, uh, you have to remember that before Shabbos, because you know you can't take chala on Shabbos. Or, as just used to hold it, you wouldn't be allowed to eat the kogel, it would be considered tevil. The Yishamim didn't agree with it. And they claimed the uh, ownership rights on the concept of Yishamim kogel. And they said, why did they originally develop this kogel in the first place? Why did they just, just serve cake? What is the idea of the kogel? So they said the whole point of making it was to find something which wouldn't be together lechem, and therefore even if a person eats two or three or four slices of it, I'll never get into the suffix of hamotzi because it's something which isn't bread. 
was the chatchila developed into be something which would be mezoinus and couldn't possibly be bread. So that, that, that's where, 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 what he has mezoinus which can't possibly be bread. Uh, Lakshan. So that's what they used. For, that's the reason they made it so that it would never be a mighty. And and the fact that they kept it hot in, a, in an oven or in a pot, that, that, that doesn't change it. It's just noodles. It's just stuck together. So that's what that was about about Yeshayim Kukum. In other words, it's something which because it's gone through two cooking processes, do we now see it as something which is considered like it's baked and then therefore similar to bread? Or do we say, no, it's, it's just cooked lakshan, it doesn't change enough to make it bread. Right. Now the MS says, there could be, one on the topic, there could be other cases of things which are boiled and baked, which are the same question. For example, anytime a person makes a casserole of lakshan or with, with cheese or vegetables, whatever it is, and then he bakes it afterwards. So why do you say it's the same question? It was boiled and then baked. So by most other things, it's clear that the baking doesn't change the texture of whatever was cooked first. The pasta which is cooked has a certain feel to it or a certain texture to it. The fact that I baked it with something else, either to keep it hot or to give it a different flavor, whatever it's going to be, doesn't change significantly the texture of the pasta. If that's the case, the, the, the baking process is just ready to either to cook it with other things or to keep it hot or whatever it's going to be. It's not that it's changing something boiled into a different material that has now been baked. The only question would be like something like in Shamikoko where there's a very significant difference between the way it looked before it was baked and the way it looks after it's been baked. So then it would be more of a mockum to have a shayla. But like I said, the minago item is definitely to make mazonis on it and then have a much a person is going to eat and not have to be cautious to take khala from it because it's, it's hard to understand why that would be considered to be bread. Okay, so those are the three the factors which determine if something is a mighty. It has to have a flower from one of the five species. It has to have a thicker dough, which is a dough which is a bread-like dough. And afterwards, it has to be baked as opposed to boiled or deep-fried. Okay. So the, now, now, the second category of halachas, and that is even within the family of pas, even within the category called bread, now it subdivides. There's bread which is always a mighty, and there's bread which is sometimes a mighty, sometimes a mighty. The Gemara calls it, it's pas haboba kisnin. Bread which is sometimes uh, considered a kisnin, something which is coming as a snack, in which case it doesn't always get a mighty, sometimes it does. That's a separate discussion we'll talk about at a different time. Now, on the topic of a mighty, let's talk about some of the interesting halachas of how the Shulchan Aruch says to make the bracha of a mighty. How is a person meant to make the bracha on bread? So, there's two, there's two points. The first one is, there's a din in Hilch's brachas, that if one could, the person is meant to make a bracha on the Dov HaShalim. It's more of a chashiva, it's more of a cover for the bracha, to make a bracha on something whole, as opposed to a piece of something. And to pass all brachas. It's better to make a bracha on a whole apple than a slice of an apple. And if that's the case, when it comes to bread as well, it's meant to make a bracha on something whole, rather than a piece. Now, that bats, that's one halacha. On the other side, we have a halacha that a person shouldn't make a necessary hapsik between making the bracha and eating. And therefore, if the whole item that a person is holding is something they would eat as a whole item, so then it's very good. You've covered both bases. It's something which is whole on the one side and something which is ready to eat on the other. But if it's one against the other, in other words, on the one hand, it's something which is whole. On the other hand, it's not edible in the state it is right now. The person first has to open it or cut it or, or separate it, whatever it's going to be, in order to be able to eat it, so now the shayla is what comes first. Is it more important to have something which is more ready to eat? Or is it more important to have something which is whole 
even though it's going to take like some time to prepare it to eat afterwards. This isn't just the din in Hilchos Hamoitzi. It's brought in the Shulchan Aruch, but it'll apply to other brachos as well. For example, if I have a watermelon, I would like to eat a slice of watermelon. Is it better to cut the slice I want to eat first and then say that Dharma? Or is it better to pick up the watermelon as a whole as a whole entity, as Shalem, make the bracha now, and then after start cutting it after I can take a place in that yet? And in this we pass in Klal, the principle is that it's better that it's ready to eat. It's a, the, the fact that there's less of a hefstick is more important, with the exception of Shabbos. Because on Shabbos is the end of Lecha Mishnah. We're going to come to compromise in a moment. First the principle, then we come to compromise. And that is, it's better to have it more ready to eat as opposed to Shalem, with the exception of Shabbos. Because in Shabbos, I need Lecha Mishnah. And therefore, even though if I'm holding a whole loaf of bread, right, I'm going to have to first cut the slice I want before I can eat it. But since we need Lecha Mishnah on Shabbos, I'm going to have to do that. What the Shulchan Aruch suggests during the week, week is to do something in the middle. In order to start to cut it, that it's already more or less, so to speak, prepared. But the Cholza is not to cut it completely. And now that it still holds together and I pick it up, and that way it's considered has the mind of a shalem, but it's not as doesn't take me as long to prepare it because I've already begun the process of cutting it. What's the purpose of cutting it? That it's already it makes it less time for me to prepare between the bracha and eating because I've already begun the cutting. But our bread always that. If it's good, if what's going to happen is a person scratches the surface and then has to spend a long time looking for where he started, it's easy just not to do that before. Just start afterwards because. The whole point of cutting before and is in order that it's easier to or quicker to, to show cut. you where to cut. Right. And if it's not going to show me where I cut, and I'm going to have to find a long time looking for it, it wastes more time than it's worth. So just kind of a, a, uh, now, so that's that's uh, the option. So during now, the emphasis doesn't apply to us that much because most times during the week a person doesn't eat a loaf of bread. Ever since they invented sliced bread, so most times people start with the slice. They don't start with the whole loaf which they have to slice. Mm-hmm. Or where it is in the game. The person buys a big French baguette or something like that, and they want to eat a piece. Right? So then the shayish, they cut the piece off first, so they hold the whole thing as a unit first, and only cut off what they want after the hamoitzi. Now, it's brought down that if... Is that true for anything, like an apple also? Yes. Well, it depends. He's going to eat the apple. If he's going to just bite into it, then he has the double shayish. If he's going to cut into slices, then they have the same shayish. What should you do first? Now, there's a, it's brought down that offer that a person is not meant to hold more than a kibetza of bread that he's going to eat in one go. It's, look, it's considered rough sinusa. a gluttony. In other words, if I, even if I was sitting by myself to a Shabbos meal, and I bought myself a whole challah, I'm not meant to make a hamot in the challah and then bite the challah. Right? Not because it's disturbing anybody else. I'm eating by myself. But the gemara, the halacha says, it's the gemara. It looks like rough sinus. It looks like a person's being a glutton by eating a whole loaf of bread like that. Which means if I have a piece, a slice of, a, a whole unit of bread or whatever it is, which is more than a kibetza, I meant to cut off a piece and eat it like that, rather than trying to eat the whole loaf in one go. It includes a khadar roll? Khadar has to be a very big roll. But if it is like a big roll, then they bring it down. And what's the dinner of the dafa, which is also much bigger than a kibetza? Should a person cut it before he makes a brach in it? What a bit of a French loaf, which is also quite long. And one of these big baguettes, not the small ones, the big ones. It's also more like a kibetza, is it in the cut it off? A sandwich is normally two slices of bread. It's not that big. But if you have a very big... Uh, uh, right, so that's what I'm saying. All these things, you have the same shayla. And that is that it's a problem here of eating, uh, holding more than a kibetzer, which is considered uh, rap sonos. Rap, you mentioned rap. Raps are munching or reserves? Raps, we'll see when we talk next week. Some are munching, some are It depends on the rap. Now, the... Is it a rub to me? Or just leaving it as a question? What's the question? Oh, so it's brought down. Therefore, if a person wants to be medactic, 
not to be, not to eat, not to hold, hold in a kibbeitz, I'm sorry, oh, when you want to eat from, Pashat, you should hold it in something else. You should hold it in something else. The idea is not to massacre the thing more than a kibbeitz, it looks like a rough sinus, but it's brought down in any number of places. And if a person would wrap it, let's say hold it in a wrap or something like that, then what you understand is better to have a partially covered. Yes, we hold it in the cover, then it's not, a, it's not considered to be massacre so much at one time. Um, but if a person's going to make, like, take, cut the slice off, then there's no problem making a brach on the whole thing. It's just a person shouldn't eat the whole thing in one go. You should cut off a piece and eat that. And that's why. We cut, we cut off a, a small piece of challah. We could eat it later, but what's, what's the reason we cut off a small piece of challah? So we're going to talk about this. So when it comes to the challahs and chavas, like every hamaiti, it's brought down that a person should put ten fingers on the, on the, the lechem that he's going to make a brach on, okay. all ten fingers. And even though it's not like the Shulchan Aruch to give rebuzzing for things, here the Shulchan Aruch says in the same Aruch, you need to put all ten, ten fingers on the lechem that you're going to make a bracha on. And he gives four, four hint, allusions for this. The first one is because he says that there's ten letters, in, there's ten words, I'm sorry, in the bracha of Hamaiti. Baruch Atah Hashem, Rekein, Melech, Oilam, Hamaiti, Lechem, Mena, Oretz. There's ten words in the Pasuk, Eine, Kol, Elechi, Yisabere, Vaton, Nisein, Lahem, Es, Ochlom, Ve'itoi. That he would give everything that's written at the right time. The ten words in the Pasuk, Eretz, Chitzor, Sa'ira, Vagefen, Sa'ina, Verimon, Eretz, Les, Shemin, Advash, right, the, 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 the meaning that Ezra's blessed in, and the ten mitzvahs involved in the production of bread. And therefore, there's an Indian of putting all ten fingers on the, 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 on the kicker that you're going to take a brach on. Now, what is particularly a girl on Shabbos is because in Shabbos we have two loaves of bread and they're covered. Okay, you don't, in Shabbos, you need to cover the bread before you make the brach on it. A lot of people, therefore, when they make the amoiti, they're holding the cover. They're holding the challah cover. It's a mistake. A person meant to put his hands under the cover and hold the bread that he wants to eat. If it's, you know, the tennis balls and the echem. the bracha. the bracha. But even if you're going to give the cover the bracha, then you have to put your hands underneath to hold the lechem you want to eat. Now, it makes a difference. Because if it's the El Shabbos, then the minag is to use the bottom challah, then the person should hold the bottom challah. If it's the Yom Shabbos, the person should use the top challah, the person should hold the top challah. Now, the, the, the kicker that I'm going to be playing so is... all ten fingers on the That's the mashmos. The, 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 <laughs> and now, and just keep your hands on the one you want to make a brach on. Um, now, people are not always not a salah, which means even if I'm eating a sandwich, I should, I should hold it in one hand, I should hold it in both hands, because then I have all my ten fingers on, on the way I'm making hamoitzi. Okay, so that's a, another prat which is brought in the dinner of hamoitzi, and that is a person should hold all, all his ten fingers. Now, normally a person, when, when now comes to cut the chal. So this is a general din in brachas, and that is if there are the people who yotze with my bracha, there are the people who are listening and being yotze with my bracha. What am I meant to do? Am I meant to first cut enough for everybody and then take it and then eat myself, or should I t- cut the first piece and eat it myself and then only afterwards cut for everyone else? Um, the emphasis is both there, so brought in the post game, but the Mitzvah prefers the opinion that you should already eat the first piece yourself because it's not necessary hefsek. To cut for other people, we're not going to really eat myself. So I should cut for other people, eat myself, cut, eat myself, and then only cut for everybody else. The Taz says the other way, right? Right, it's not like it, I said. The preferred option. 
what's a very interesting halacha, and this is a machlokus between the Ramah and everybody, and that is, of course, if the person who made the hamotzi would, would after before he ate would talk, so he's lost his bracha because the hefsek between the bracha mm-hmm. and eating, and as a result, no one yetsef because the person who was being waited then wasn't yetsef, no one yetsef. The question is, what would be if the person who made the bracha ate, but now somebody else who was waiting to get his slice of chada spoke before he ate? Is he yetsef or not? So the Ramah says he's yetsef. Why is he yetsef? Because since the person being moitzi me has said the bracha and ate, I was yotze with his bracha. So even though I'm not meant to talk, but Lemais, I was yotze because of the bracha which he made was moitzi me. He was moitzi me on. Then why does she have to eat the challah? I want, I want to eat the challah. No, the, the, one, the, the guest. The guest wants the Mishnah Bura without battle like a shema. This is all the Akhronim argue with it. And all the Akhronim say that if the person who was yotze with the bracha speaks before he eats, then the bracha doesn't help him. It might be moitzi the guy who made the bracha and ate straight away. But it doesn't help mostly the person who didn't eat before, and he was massacred in the middle. Which means on El Shabbos or on Yon Shabbos altogether, he'll have a problem because he's going to have to find himself a new Lecha Mishnah to make the Bracha again. If he's not yet the Bracha, he's not yet to anything. Now, the, but the person said, the Chaim and others said that the Maestro, since there is a Ramah, if he comes in the gate of Suffolk Brachas, and therefore, uh, if that person should avoid it, but in a case where now he would ask what to do, so we'd probably say Safik Brachas Lahaka. Now, even though the Ramah says when a person is Yotze, most Sakharim say he's not, but once you have a Ramah, it's hard to force someone to make a new Bracha when it's a Safik. Right? What is important, and the Shabura and the Sharasian says a person should be Nizar Mo'id Bazeh. And I can say personally, a lot of people are Nishal on this, and that is what's considered eating after you make the Bracha, to say that you Yotze the Bracha means swallowing, not putting food in your mouth. And if that's the case, the person says a Mo'idzi, bites a piece of bread, and while he's still chewing it, he talks. He says, give it to this person, or whoever it is, then he's not Yotze. He didn't swallow yet, mm-hmm. which means nobody's Yotze. And therefore, a person says, that when he eats after making a Moetze himself, he swallows something. Because since halacha is that, like we saw in last week, if a person tastes something, it's not called eating until he swallows it. And therefore, he doesn't need a bracha for tasting. And if that's the case, if a person didn't swallow something yet, then he hasn't been Yotze the bracha. Therefore, it's very, very hard to make sure that you swallow at least something before you talk, because otherwise you aren't yet in the bracha. Is anyone arguing this? Sorry? Is anyone arguing Yes. There is a shita which is brought in the, the Chay Odom that says it could be that chewing in the, with das to eat is already enough, but he it. But the Mishnah, but the Shrine still, he brings the shita and he says, because it's not mashmag and most poskim, and therefore a person should be very nizar to make sure to swallow something first. Um, okay, so that's the second point. There's two more interest, very interesting halachas, which aren't so well known, about the sin of being moitzi other people by hamoitzi. Um, um, sorry, one, one halacha before that, which is well known, and that is that normally it says that a person, when he cuts the chala or cuts bread normally, he should just cut the piece he wants now. But when it comes to Shabbos, a person should be beitzeya akurashir a person should cut a much bigger piece, enough for the whole meal. Which means even though normally a person would cut one slice, which eats now, and if he wants more later, he'll cut a second slice for later. When it comes to Shabbos, to show that a person wants to mechabit Shabbos by eating to his full to, until he's satisfied, so a person should cut a bigger piece like normal. Now, how do you mean to do that? What does that practically mean? So it's interesting. Some people cut thicker slices on Shabbos and they would during the week for that reason. And it looks like you're being more, you're being more generous or more open handed, so to speak, because it's the covered Shabbos. Some people say, normally we would cut it up with bread, they start from the end, and they cut from the end. And come to Shabbos, it's tough to start from the middle. 
Why? Because I'm from the middle, and you're showing I'm, I'm keeping much more aside. I'm not, gonna, I'm not just cutting from the end and leaving most of it for another time. See, I'm cutting in the middle. That's what I did. Now, so it's, it's not a cabalery. Now, um, the, if I'm being moved to other people, so that's how I'm, about, I'm sitting at the table, I'm about to attend Bachman for the Shabbos, so the, and I'm um, getting impatient because they're taking their time and they're uh, arguing about a rambam around the tap before they're washing, so I'm, I want to eat already. So I said, I had enough waiting. So I pick up the chalas and say, I'm moitzi. And there's some poor fellow who has washed the tzitzit today. Can he be yotzi with my moitzi or not? So Allah is, as long as he listens to me and he's yotzi, he's yotzi. And then he can wash his hands after and come and eat. Why? Because since the person needs to wash his hands before he eats, it's not called a hefzik. He has to do that in order to eat. But he can't talk. He can't talk. So he's yotzi with my bracha. He can wash his hands in order to enable him to eat and then come and eat. It's not a problem. But it doesn't make a, it's not that he has to have washed up front. Would, I mean, that's better, everyone's washed already, but if you wouldn't have washed already, you can still, as long as you're listening to me, and had come on to be yotze, you can be yotze with my bracha, even if he hasn't yet washed. Right, there's a din that if a person should put salt or something else on the table, so that he doesn't eat plain bread, in a time when the bread had no taste of its own, and it wasn't the color of the bracha, to eat something bland. So then you have to have some kind of lift on, which means something to accompany the bread, or salt, or something like that, to give it flavor. Today, since the, all the boys can say, the bread is already made with salt. And there are a lot of other additives as well, so you don't need that because the mice has flavor, it has a taste. But, this is an interesting question. If a person is not eating a slice of bread, he wants to make himself a sandwich. He wants to put on cheese or butter or tuna or, I don't know, mm-hmm. peanut butter, whatever it's going to be. So, what should a person do first? He washed this a day. Should he first make a moitzi and eat plain bread and after make himself a sandwich? Or should he first prepare the sandwich and then make a moitzi? So, based on this, then, the din is a person should first prepare the sandwich. If it's just like he has to find salt to make it more covered a bracha, that it's like tasty the way he wants it to be. The same thing over here. If a person enjoys it more, not just plain, but with whatever he's going to add to it, so then you should do that first and make the bracha the last place. So Shabbos at the table, I always put the chalas, even for other people, you know, three times into the salt. That's kabbalah. That's kabbalah. That's kabbalah. Three times in salt is kabbalah, but that's what? Salt stuff, you've added kabbalah. If I have something like a pizza or a baguette, so I want to open it to fill it. Is that called not shalem now? It's still the whole thing is there. I just put something in, in the middle. Is that considered not shalem? The rule of shalem is if I pick up the one side, the other side come with it. So if I, let's say a pizza, if I open the side of the pizza, it's still shalem. It doesn't fall apart. It's still shalem. So if I open it and whatever I want to put inside, it hasn't made it not shalem. But you're right. If it's a baguette, I cut the whole thing in half. So now the two halves are separate, then it's not shalem anymore. And then it's better to do shalom. So then the Chara is prepared to make a brach on the shalom. Right. But if it's, if it's a way that it's not affecting its status as a shalom, and I can make a kind of both, then that's more of a covered bracha that I'm eating it in the way which is the chadchila by me that I enjoy it.